So this morning I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about baptism and what it means. And I think I can share it with you maybe like the fingers on your hand, that each finger represents a different aspect of baptism that I want to share with you. And the first finger I want you to hold up your pointer finger. Just hold it up. Can you do that? Can I point at somebody? Just point at somebody. Didn't your mother ever tell you not to do that? <laughs> That's really what baptism kind of does. It points, but it doesn't point at people around you. Baptism points at what God has done. That when you see someone who's getting baptized, what they are doing is saying to you and anyone else who happens to be watching, look at Jesus. Look what he did. As I am in this water, this water is not taking away my sin and making me clean. It is Jesus who did that. And as I am being buried in my sin and raised to new life, I didn't do that myself. Jesus did that when I opened my heart to receive him as my savior. It points at Jesus when a person's getting baptized. And, and what we understand about Jesus is that his mission, when he came, he said, was to seek and save what was lost. And that's you and me. That's humankind. Do you ever feel like humankind might be a little lost? Do you ever look at social media? Do you ever watch the news? Do you pay attention to what's around you? Of course you know. Humankind is in desperate need of something, of someone. And that someone is Jesus. So that first finger, it's my pointer finger. And it points at Jesus and what he has done. When he died on a cross, he took your guilt. And when you turn in your heart to him, you say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I will follow you. Then he saves you. Okay, the second finger is the tall one there. And the tall finger, it's kind of a big deal. And baptism is kind of a big deal. In Protestant churches, we call baptism an ordinance. We only have two of them in Protestant churches. Baptism, and anybody know what the other one is? The Lord's Supper. Yeah, those are the only two ordinances that we celebrate. An ordinance is something we see has been ordained by Jesus himself. He said, do this, do this. And so it's not a small thing, it's, it's kind of a big thing, baptism is. I can remember when I had a gentleman in my first church who hadn't been baptized, and I can remember that I said to him, Jim, you're a deeply committed follower of Jesus. Why haven't you been baptized? And he said, I just don't see what the big deal is. If Jesus died for my sins, why, why should I be baptized? And that's a legitimate question, but the answer is really easy, because he told you to. He told you to. Did you know that Jesus himself was baptized? And John the Baptist, who happened to be doing his baptism, John the Baptist didn't say, uh, hey, you're not allowed because you don't need it. He did say this. He said, if anyone should be baptizing anyone here, you ought to be baptizing me, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, I am doing this to fulfill all righteousness. And we could spend hours discussing what he meant by that. But the fact of the matter is, it at least serves as an example to you and me. So baptism, number one, it points at what God has done, what Christ has done. Number two, it's a pretty big deal in your life. Number three, it's a sign of commitment, of love. So this third finger on my hand here, both of my third fingers have rings. Everybody knows why I wear my wedding ring. It's because I love and am committed to the woman at the piano there who happens to be my wife, so we're okay with that, right? Okay? And I can remember the first time this went on my finger. 
And every time I put it on my finger, which is seldom because it seldom leaves my finger, it reminds me that I have a very real commitment to a very real person who loves me deeply and who I love deeply. This other ring here, someone says, hey, did you get that when you graduated from college? That is my high school ring. I want to ask, how many, how many 60-year-olds are here wearing high school rings today? You're not 60, Lucy. <laughs> I love her. Right? Yeah. And it is kind of weird. Who wears their high school ring, Steve? Why are you wearing that? Some of you know why, because I've told the story before. When I was getting ready to get my high school ring, it was $125, and I didn't have that laying around. And my mom, who was born in Scotland, and I don't know if you know about us Scots, but we're a little careful with our money, okay? And she was a little careful with money. That's a good, good trait. But my mom said, if you want a high school ring, you buy it. I didn't have the money. And my dad, who very seldom overruled my mom about anything, he just wasn't that kind of guy. But he said, no. We will pay for Steve's ring. My parents bought mine. We will buy Steve's. I don't know why, but that sticks in my heart like a diamond. It's a beautiful thing in my heart that my father loved me. (laughs) He loved me and just wanted me to have this $125 ring with a fake sapphire right inside it. Yeah. So this ring is a sign of a commitment of love from my father. You understand? And baptism is a sign of a commitment that you have made to Christ and even before that, that he had made to you. That he loves you and gave himself for you. How many fingers we got left? Some of us more than others, I would guess. So we're down to that pinky. That feels kind of useless. Let me ask you this question. It's kind of a hard question. If you had to lose one of your fingers, which one would you lose? It's a pinky, right? I mean, I don't want to lose any of them. But yeah, if, if you have to take one, take my pinky. That's kind of the, the way we feel. But honestly, your pinky, in my illustration, kind of reminds me of the need we have to belong to a Christian community, a church family, a church body. And you and I all know Christians who are like, I don't go to church, but I'm a Christian. And when we look at their life, we know they're telling the truth. They know Jesus and they're following him, but they aren't connected with other Christians. And to me, that's kind of like having a hand without a pinky. Your pinky's more handy than you know it is. If you ever meet the Queen of England, you're going to have to extend that thing while you're drinking the tea, right? right? And I've talked to people who have, have, have lost their pinky and they say, you wouldn't believe how, much, how many times I wish that thing was back there, you know? Yeah, it's a valuable kind of thing. So is your Christian community. People say this. I love this sentence, and I believe it with all my heart. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you an automobile. And that is true. But I want to tell you, every car I have ever had needed to get into that garage regularly. <laughs> you get the point? You get the point? Don't be without your pinky. It, it, it's a symbol, and I love it. You know, I've done a baptism, I think. I'm pretty sure I did a baptism where only one person wanted to be baptized, and that just made me kind of sad because it's great to be baptized. You guys will always remember, I was baptized with this person, and for some of you, it's your cousin or whatever, right? I was baptized with that person. I was baptized with them. And in fact, that's the only way I remembered that Vicky was baptized. Someone else said, yeah, I remember. She was baptized the last time 
And so it's kind of a family thing. Some of you are family, family. Your blood relatives have been invited today, and you know how valuable family is. Just think of that's multiplied in the kingdom of God. Okay, so now all we got left is a thumb. That's the last one. And I feel like the thumb is one of the most underrated appendages that you have, right? We, we say this, we say, that sticks out like a sore thumb. But I know a person who didn't have her thumb. It's Anna who attended church here. She has since gone to be with her daughter. And Anna got cancer in her thumb. And they had to remove her thumb. And she said, Pastor Steve, you would not believe, you would not believe how that handicaps me. She said, I can't open a mustard jar like I used to be able to. Because if I, I need my thumb to hold a jar and I need my thumb to hold the lid. I have trouble putting my keys because I'm right-handed and it's the wrong hand. I have trouble making the bed. I have so much trouble because I'm missing my thumb. And what do they say? They say it's an opposable digit or something like that. I can't remember the exact language. But yeah, it's a pretty, pretty essential thing. While baptism is not essential for salvation, Christ is. And baptism reminds us of the essential nature of Christ, that without his death on the cross, we would still be dirty. (laughs) We would still be sinful. We would still be condemned. We would still be marked by our shame and our guilt. But because of his death on the cross, because of that, when you trust in him, turning from your sin, crossing over the bridge to life of Jesus' death on your behalf, you're no longer dirty. You're no longer guilty. Shame does not mark your person. You are a new creature, a new creation made alive in Christ. And you walk with him. And I would say to you that Jesus and that experience of choosing to trust in him are not just as valuable as a thumb on your dominant hand. It is more valuable than all the thumbs in this room. That's a gross illustration, isn't it? We're not going to collect all the thumbs in the room. Okay, yeah. Baptism is just an amazing thing. There's a spiritual element in baptism too. That any time that you choose to obey God in such a significant way, you feel his presence. And I pray that all of you will feel his presence in your heart in, in a significant way. And it will be a blessing to you. I can remember when I was in Israel, and by the way, the picture that's on the screen is of the area where you go in Israel to be baptized, the Jordan River. And I can remember when I was there, I happened to be with Paul Cope, and uh, Reverend Evilsizer, you know Paul Cope. He had a, a couple that were with him on his tour of the Holy Land, and they were Presbyterian, and they said, we'd like to be baptized in the Jordan River. And he said, sure. And, and when he baptized the woman, she was probably in her late 60s, and he brought her up out of the water, she did this. Woo! Like that. And he said, this is so Paul Cope, he said, is it cold or were you blessed? <laughs> and, and the woman said, a little of both. Yeah, a little of both. So it's just, a, it's a good thing to do.